John. I was thinking about it. We've both been around the Vikings for many decades. I don't think the Vikings have ever before gotten to 12 wins in a regular season and had us ask, yeah, but are they any good? <laughs> this is it's, such an uh, yeah. odd season. I mean, you know, when when the Far uh, Vikings got to 12 wins, you're like, okay, they should win the Super Bowl. When the 98 Vikings got to 12, 13, 14, 15 victories, you're like, okay, they should win the Super Bowl. When the Bud Grant Vikings got to 12 wins, they should win the Super Bowl. At least go to the Super Bowl, right? Here we are with a 12-3 and three team, and it's been a blast. It's entertaining as heck on a weekly basis, and I'm still not sure we know exactly what this team is. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Jim. Um, I, I think that there are two things that I've been trying to tell my Vikings fan people around me because I've seen a lot of them with family and stuff uh, over the Christmas holiday and, and everything, and I do think there's an overall just sort of bewilderment about what do we do with this team? Like, what can can you give them your whole heart? Can you get behind them and 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 not be bracing for them to hurt you like so many have before? And I would say no, you cannot be bracing for them and and believe that they're not going to hurt you because it's entirely possible that they will because much better teams than them have hurt you. Because I do think that you know, in the annals of Vikings lore, this team as a collective is nowhere near some of the best teams that they have had. But what I just try to tell everyone is really try to enjoy this while it's happening, because I, I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs. Maybe they go to the Super Bowl and win it. Maybe they lose in the first round. I really am not sure. But the way that they are going about winning games and seeing Justin Jefferson emerge as an MVP candidate and seeing Kirk Cousins come through in the fourth quarters, the way that he has, it's been incredibly entertaining. And I hope that people are able to just sit back and enjoy the moment a little bit without dreading too much about what might or might not be coming around the corner. And, and that's exactly it. And you and I are in a privileged position where we don't, because we're professionals, because we cover many teams, because we, uh, ha I don't like the word ob objective, I don't think ob objectivity exists, but because we are somewhat dispassionate about what we're seeing, we can say, hey, you know, we're, we're not going to, we can enjoy this. We can see that the vibe in the locker room is real that winning close games is a great team skill to have. We can see that the the relationships and the and everything about this team is legitimate. Kirk Cousins' improvement is legitimate. Justin Jefferson is one of the great receivers in NFL history. We can see all this and appreciate it. And I almost feel bad for the Viking fan who almost feels obligated to be paranoid. Yeah, and and there's there's so I understand the paranoia. I understand having been kicked in the teeth so often that you're wondering when the next kick is coming. And I, you know, it's, it's Lucy and Charlie Brown and kicking the football, all the, whatever metaphor you want to use. I, I do get it. Like, because the, so many Vikings fans have been through so much and had their heart broken so often that it's impossible not to at least have that in the back of your mind while you are going through this. But, I will say that I have been a little concerned lately with the level of fatalism, the level of kind of toxicity in the Minnesota sports fan base in general. And yes, like I've, I'm from here. I've lived a lot of it. I get 
what it feels like to be let down to the degree and to, with the volume that Vikings and, and Minnesota sports fans have been let down over the last 25 years. Um, but I, I do think that too, that that definitely takes away from what we do uh, this for in terms of you, you tune in on a Sunday to watch a game or a Saturday to watch a game and trying to have a lot of fun with it. And I hope that people can start to embrace that aspect of it because the sort of hand rigging and nail biting that happens about thinking about what's coming down the road definitely is taking away from the enjoyment of some fans as they are in the middle of really literally one of the wildest, craziest seasons in NFL history with 11 one score wins with all of these come from behind. Like it is euphoric to enjoy in the middle of it. I get why people are looking down the road, but I, but I would just caution not to get too hung up on that part of it right now. There will be plenty of time for all of that, uh, you know, hand wringing and hair pulling and all of that stuff. Um, if, if, and when that does happen down the road, but right now I, just if there's a way for you to sort of divorce yourselves from that uh, that feeling and that dread, I think you're going to have a heck of a lot more fun with it. Yes, uh, I think if you're going to invest the time, energy, and money required to be a a devoted sports fan, you got to enjoy something like this. I mean this this is weekly entertainment that you are not going to find. Very few movies. I, I I love movies. I love TV shows. Very few things you can put on your TV are as entertaining as this Viking season. That should be the way you look. This is weekly entertainment that is almost unmatched in other media. Uh, and the other thing is that you know, again, I've been covering the Vikings since 1990. I've covered good Viking teams that were unlikable. Uh, I've covered yes. good Vikings teams that you were like, okay, uh, if they go to the playoffs, that means I got to cover this jerk one more week. You know, this is not that Kirk Cousins has become a human being. Kevin O'Connell is likable. Quasi Adolfo Mensa is likable, although I think he should also be more of a public figure, should put himself out there more. Uh, he is a likable person when you actually get a chance to talk to him. Uh, you know, uh, they have likable people throughout the locker room. Uh, they, they are playing together. Uh, They're playing for each other. And, you know, I always go back. The NFL, more than any other sport, is a win-now sport because concussions, knee injuries, free agency, short careers are going to change the roster dramatically year by year. So when you have something like this, to, to, to put a fine point on the point, yes, please enjoy it. And by the way, this is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our longtime producer who is working this show as usual. All the shows are at talknorth.com. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Thank you to StarBank, StarBank.net. Uh, thanks also to TSR Injury Law, which also sponsors the John Krasinski Show, which is our Timberwolves and NBA show on the network, one of our most popular shows. And thanks once again to Head Flyer Brewing for hosting not only the John Krasinski kickoff show this year, but also the Cheryl Reeve and Lori Ramsey winter wear drive. We did 
surpass our goal. Uh, I think we raised about $16,000, $17,000 for homeless youth in Minneapolis. Thanks so much to anybody who contributed or came out for that show. We really do appreciate it. So 11-0 in one-score games. That's no longer a fluke, John. It, it isn't. And I, you know, I saw um, Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network had a great little um, rant this uh, this morning. We're recording this on uh, on Monday morning, uh, talking about Kirk Cousins' role in this. And um, he, along with I, have been and and I, I still am in this camp of I'm banging the Jeff- Jefferson for MVP drum. Like I, I really believe he's that important to what the Vikings do. I I also am just even though the quarterback position is so important to everything around him, I I, I want to be more creative and more think outside the box a little bit more when I, when I evaluate the most important players in the, in the league. And so I think Jefferson absolutely belongs right in that conversation, if not at the top of the list. But one thing that Kyle Brandt was saying is that, look, like this is kind of a carbon copy of, of last season with Cooper cup in with the Rams and, and all the production that he was getting and he didn't get much attention. They put it a little bit more on Stafford. Uh, it's ne- We need to start putting more attention on what Kirk cousins is doing because it's in the fourth quarters. It's making every big throw that you need to have right on the money, which is what he's doing. And it's also taking an incredible beating while he is doing it he is hanging in the pocket it is not clean back there for him and he is taking heat and pressure that used to really cause this offense problems and really get him off his game and nothing is rattling him right now and I think that is just to me the total package for what you want in a leader at the quarterback position is to come up with big throws when you need them to take a licking and not complain about it and not let that throw you off your game. And Kirk Cousins is doing that as well as any quarterback in the league this season. There might be other quarterbacks with a little bit better numbers. There might be other quarterbacks with um, better teams, but uh, but Kirk Cousins absolutely has had an incredible season more than you could have ever asked or hoped for from him coming into this year. No doubt about it. Uh, I would put Jefferson higher, higher on my MVP list than cousins, but cousins has definitely risen in my estimation uh, week by week as the year has gone on. I can't, you know, before the season, if you told me Kirk Cousins going to be an MVP candidate, I would have just said, I would have laughed. Uh, but now he's the quarterback, the durable quarterback who is winning fourth quarters for a 12 and three team, he has to at least be in the mix. He has to be top 10, top, maybe top five. I think Jefferson to me at this point, I'm almost thinking it's Jefferson versus Hertz and Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And there are distinct arguments for each Hertz is the best is the, is the dynamic quarterback run pass, uh, you know, extraordinaire quarterback for the best team in the NFL. Um, Mahomes is probably the actual MVP. He's probably the most valuable player in the NFL. The question is, do we want to give it to him this year or every year? And then Jefferson is having, he's probably going to set the NFL record for yards receiving in a season. Of course, 17 weeks helps him with that, but he is the best player on a team that is probably overachieving more than any other. Yeah. And I think like 
this is an in, a unique season, I think, for for Jefferson in terms of. I think the MVP should be someone who not only is so important to what you do, but also is able to show up and produce when entire game plans are constructed to stop them. And it is typically much, much easier to construct a defensive um, uh, game plan to stop a receiver, to take a receiver out of the game than it is to take a quarterback out of the game. Just given all of the responsibilities the quarterback has, just given um, all the different levers that a coach can pull to uh, accentuate what a quarterback can do um, with the receiver. If you just, if you load up enough on him, it, usually you can take him away. But really over the last few weeks, it, it, particularly we're seeing that it is just really, really difficult to take Justin Jefferson out of a game, even when everyone in the world knows that Kirk Cousins wants to throw him the ball. He still gets it to Jefferson 12 times against the Giants on Saturday. Uh, certainly, TJ Hawkinson helps with that. A few other their weapons helps with that. But I just see a player who is better at what he does, and that's running routes, than any other player in the league right now. And he is executing at such a high level that they can, there that there's only so much game planning you can do because he's still finding a way to get open. And even when he's not open, Cousins is letting it rip to him and he's making these ridiculous catches in traffic. So he is an undeniable force this year. And I think that it needs to be that emphatic for a receiver to have a chance to win this award, just like Adrian Peterson had to rush for 2,000 yards to win his award. Um, I think Justin Jefferson is putting up performances emphatic enough week in and week out to at least put him in the yeah top three consideration for this thing. He's just been that that good at a position that is very, very hard to dictate everything um, the way that he is doing it right now. And that's where the I think the argument for Jefferson over Cousins uh, should be made is that Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL. He's the best at his position. It's a very important position, and he's dominating at that position in a way that leads directly to victories. Cousins is having a great year. Uh, he's winning games. He's playing clutch. He's durable as ever. But you can't make the case that he's the best at his position. That's, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's true. Yeah, you'd still take as good as he has been. Um, you'd still take Mahomes over him. You, you might take Hurts this year over him. Um, and then, you know, when you also talk about, it, I think one important aspect of Jefferson that we have discussed, but I think deserves to be underlined and underscored is the records that the team records that Justin Jefferson is breaking right now are not these like little records from decent players in the past. He's breaking Chris Carter's records. He's breaking Randy Moss's records like that's as high a mountain as you can climb as a receiver outside of breaking Jerry Rice's records. Like that's, that's the kind of, of unbelievably productive season that Jefferson is putting forward. He's not playing for the Jaguars and breaking Jimmy Smith's records. He's not playing for, I don't know, the Broncos and, and, and Mark Jackson's records, or I don't even know some people like that. It's, these are, unbelievable like the best of the best that have ever done it at the position and and Jefferson is sailing right past them like that's 
that's eye-opening and, and really kind of unbelievable when you think about it. We're going to talk about Hawkinson and the Packers, some other things, but one more note along these lines. Uh, you can make the argument, a very logical argument, that Jerry Rice is the greatest player in NFL history. Mm-hmm. If you look at the separation between his production and the number two receiver in NFL history, it's kind of like Gretzky versus every other hockey. It's He's just on a different planet. Uh, he was just that great year after year. And Jefferson is going to, you know, Jefferson's going to break any of his individual season records. The question is, will he have the longevity to be able to match his long-time career? And here's what's interesting about the MVP debate. Whenever the 49ers had a great season, Joe Montana won the MVP. Jerry mm-hmm. Rice only won the MVP one year. And as great as Montana was, Jerry Rice was a better football player than Montana. It's just that it's so easy to reward the quarterback position. Yes, and and I think like I, I'll even if you if you want to separate a little bit more, and I'll give Jerry Rice even more credit right now because he was setting all of these marks and dominating the game uh, in an era when receivers when the passing game wasn't near what it is today. Um, you know, they the, 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 it was still a run first league. Um, it was still a a league that. Uh, that were receivers were looked at more as as gimmicks and as luxuries rather than essentials. And Rice kind of established himself uh, that way in that era. It was incredible. Um, but yes, I, I, I there's always going to be you're always going to lean more toward the quarterback than the receiver. No question about that. And I and I will give Kirk Cousins a lot of credit for the production that Justin Jefferson has had this year because he's playing with a quarterback at the top of his game who is taking chances with him that maybe other quarterbacks would not. I still think like I also want to look at this in a pure context situation where, um, you know, if if Jefferson was going against Peyton Manning when he's throwing 50 some touchdown passes, if he's going against just some of the all time great uh, quarterback seasons, you say, yeah, I'm leaning toward the quarterback. I think Mahomes has been great. I think Jalen Hurts has been great, but I don't think that they have been the so far ahead great that you don't really consider a ride receiver running back. You know, even like I was on earlier in the season, I thought Micah Parsons deserved at least a little bit of a mention. Um, that's fallen off a little bit, but, um, it, the quarterbacks have been excellent this season but not transcendent like some of these other seasons that there that we have seen from quarterbacks and so I think that opens the door for consideration for a for an outside candidate like Jefferson even more so uh, or in addition to all the great things that that Jefferson has done this year and one last note before we thank Star Bank, uh, Mahomes is going to throw for more than 5,000 yards, more than 40 touchdowns. He's right now 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. The interception total is actually a little high for him. Uh, it, he's also one of those guys that we abs- – he's been so great, we kind of take him for granted. He's going to throw for more than 5,000 yards. He's 37 touchdowns with two games left. Uh, and it feels like just kind of another Mahomes season. So now let's quickly say that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, 
convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Uh, Let's get to something I wrote about recently and you and I have talked about, but probably deserves a little more attention. TJ Hawkinson has been a steal and he's the kind of player, the kind of acquisition that he's not only has he been great, but you could see him making a big difference in the playoffs. Absolutely, Jim. Um, He is the, so what we've seen so far from this Vikings offense is you have Jefferson, who's been incredible, amazing. Dalvin Cook has had flashes, but hasn't really been the um, overwhelming and overpowering back that he, that he has been for stretches in the past. You have Adam Thielen, reliable, but not what he once was. Um, And you have KG Osborne, who kind of comes and goes. He has these um, um, unbelievable little stretches where he kind of takes over a game, and then he'll go three quarters without catching a pass. Um, But in the middle of all of that is TJ Hawkinson, who I really believe has emerged as Kirk Cousins' number two target. Um, He is reliable. He is athletic. He is dynamic. He can make plays down the field, on the sideline, over the middle, um, short passes, deep passes. Pa- Patrick Peterson was saying after the game that uh, you, that he runs the kind of routes that are m- more "quote unquote" receiver routes, for which f- for a tight end makes the matchup even more difficult given his size and his strength. And um, I, I think that you know we saw it uh, against the Giants with his touchdowns with the. I think it was 12 catches or 13 catches that he had um, just a, just a, an unbelievable target. And for Quasi Adolfo Mensa to go get that player in the middle of a season and pluck him from the lions. When it looked like the chips were down, maybe the lions would have liked to hold on to him the way that they had turned their season around, not shortly after, but, um, but I just think an, an incredible move and the kind of in season, trade and impact that you don't see as often in the NFL um, as you do in the NBA and Major League Baseball in other sports. He not only was acquired midseason, but he's come in and make made an incredible impact um, and really given Kirk Cousins that secondary option that he needs to complement what Jefferson does week in and week out. Yeah, and he has been easily their second most productive receiver since they got him. Uh, I think, you know, Thielen – he just looks like he's a little beat up. Maybe has lost half a step. He's still a good player, but he's yep. you know not necessarily the guy who's just going to go out and beat a double team anymore. Osborne is almost a situational player, as you said. He has big games and he's games where he doesn't contribute at all. Hawkinson has been the guy, uh, and he can. And he's also a pretty good blocker for a receiving tight end. Uh, I just think to get him for downgrading two picks. Uh, is such a steal, especially when you are the Vikings and you don't have many opportunities to draft in the top 10. You got a guy who was picked eighth by downgrading a couple of picks who fits in your offense perfectly. Well, and the and the other part is, Jim, is that he was also coming into a position where you were getting nothing from, yep. right? I mean, you, Irv Smith was injured. Uh, the, the, the other guys that that they have on the team are just, eh, they're, they're fine. They're okay. But they massively upgraded at a position of desperate need for them and that so kind of the marriage of need and skill set between the Vikings and Hawkinson was about as acute as you could uh could ask for and it fit perfectly and 
he has blossomed on the fly. And it's it's so fun to talk to him after games, Jim, because um, he has a like a gratitude in his voice yes. that is unbelievable, right? Like he is so thankful for being in this position, for being taken out of a spot where I don't think you know things weren't great. And again, the Lions have turned things around and credit to them. They look they look good and I'm I'm happy for him. But he was it was a miserable kind of experience there for him. And now he's in this uh in this spot with a quarterback who is on fire with a team that despite what what we might think really believes that it can go win a Super Bowl and he is like in an offense that just fits him perfectly. And he speaks with like a, a twinkle in his eye that is kind of refreshing and not something that you see in an NFL locker room a ton. And it's, it's really fun to watch uh, and, and to just kind of soak up. Yeah. As you said, usually you don't, I've seen it in baseball more because in baseball, you tend to have the trade from the absolute worst team in the league to a contender and people, the players come in, they're like, Oh my God, thank God I'm playing meaningful games. Hawkinson is like that. He's like, yes, I got out of the lions and I'm here. And, and it's complicated a bit by the fact the lions did make a run without him, but you know, now I think, as I wrote about the other day, now you can look at the line and say, man, if they had one more good pass catching tight end, maybe that wins them one more game. And maybe they're actually in, in real contention instead of on the fringes now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's entirely possible. And, um, you know, they, Hey, they'll, they'll benefit from, from the pick improvement that they got from the Vikings. But yeah, like I, I just do see a, a, a player so young and so talented that it really does make you scratch your head that that was all they got for him. And, especially in that spot that they were in or that they believed they were in at the time, even, even though they have turned things around to the degree that they have, which um, is great. I, I really like Dan Campbell. I, I really like just kind of the way that that team is coming together. But even then, even though that doesn't minimize that you really uh, let a, a quality quality asset go for much less than you should have probably. And so when they're trying to, come out of the ashes that they've been in forever. And they've really shown a good, um, a, a good s- step toward that this season. Still, I think they're going to be kicking themselves, not even necessarily that they don't have him anymore, which I'm sure that that's part of the calculus, but also that they did not get more for a player as talented with the pedigree that, um, that, that is such a high draft pick, all of those things. And that, that to me is the, is the big regret that, um, that the Lions front office will probably have when they look back on this season and say, man, yeah, we, we did fine after trading TJ, but we should have gotten more for him than we did. Yes. All right. That's amazing. This is Packer week. And usually that's all we talk about yeah. during Packer week, but the Vikings are so fascinating in and of themselves. We haven't really gotten to it, but this is, you know, the Packers and the Vikings cannot help, but be fascinating when they play each other. Here we have the Vikings have to win to to maintain the second seed, which we think is very important to them because the 49ers are, doesn't look like they're going to lose. And the Packers, if the Packers win their next two games, statistical models have them at about 90% chance of making the playoffs. So this is a big game. It's another big game at Lambeau. It's a must win for the Packers. It's a must win for the Vikings if they want to maintain the second seed. And guess what? The Packers are playing better. Their receivers are, you know, especially with Watson coming on strong, are better. They still have two excellent running backs. Aaron Jones is having a great two-way season. Their defense seems to be a little bit better. They just won at Miami, which is a tough assignment. Uh, here we go again. 
Yeah, here we go again. It's and and this one is I, I can't wait to watch this one because I I think that um I want to see how good this Packers team is, to be quite honest. Like you, they've won three in a row. The Bears and the Rams are terrible. Like that that does nothing for me to to win those games and win them as you know, it was what 28, 19, 24, 12. So meh, it, I, I just don't care. The Miami win was, was a good win, uh, down there in Miami, um, on Christmas day. So that, that's a nice performance from them. But to me, like this is now their litmus test. And we, we, a lot of times are asking the Vikings to, uh, really uh, the Packers are the measuring stick for the Vikings. Okay. You know, this game, how good are the Vikings? Uh, I want to know how good the Packers are um, because I think there might be some fool's gold in this little win streak that they have been on uh, for the, the first time in an incredibly long time. Um, I believe more in Kirk Cousins than I do in Aaron Rodgers um, in the situation, even as he is starting to find some chemistry with Watson, with dubs, with with kind of that offense. I still think that Kirk Cousins' body of work this season gives me more belief in them. Also, sneakily, uh, the Packers in the cold are you know it, it, it's not exactly what it used to be. This unbeatable machine, like we have seen them lose many many big games over the last few years at, at Lambeau in December when it gets really cold. So, um, it I I. I I kind of am looking forward to a, a another tightly contested game because that's all that the Vikings play. But I do think it could be a little bit higher scoring. Um, and um, and I, I'm still kind of leaning toward, I haven't decided yet, but I'm leaning toward taking the Vikings in this game just because I think that they have been more reliable all year long. And I don't know what to make yet of this of this three-game winning streak from the Packers against some pretty unimpressive opponents. And Aaron Rodgers, even though Watson has come on strong and they have they're more dangerous now than they were early in the season, you still see moments where Rodgers just throws inexplicable passes. Yeah, uh, and either because he's not comfortable, because he's he's nervous about what he doesn't really trust his receivers, or he's just not playing as well. But his you know his his numbers this year are not great. Uh, and so I am going to take the Vikings. In fact, let's do our pick and we'll wrap up the show that way. Once again, thanks to Brandon Morton, our producer. Thanks again to starbank.net. I will take the Vikings. And guess what? In a close game. And I, I, last week I picked them to win 28, 24. Uh, we'd kind of do our official Ooh. picks on the Jeff diamond show. And I ended up almost exactly right. And I feel like every week I want to pick the Vikings to win 28, 24. That just feels like their median game this, this week, this year. It, so I'm going to pick them to win 28, 24 again. There you go. That, that I, I don't uh, doubt that at all. I think I'll go. I, I don't know that the scores will get this high, but I'm going to go with it. I, I'm going to say 31-30 with Greg Joseph kicking a 72-yard field goal at the end of the game uh, into the blinding snowstorm that I'm sure they will be playing in. And that's just the way that this season has shaped up so far for the Vikings is there's some remarkable feat that happens that – you you would never guess in a hundred years would 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 work out and it does for them and so I think that it's not just luck for them it's it's been a a knack for pulling these these kinds of games out and I think that Aaron Rodgers like you said Jim will maybe th- throw a a costly interception when the Packers really need it because if there's one thing that this Vikings defense can do it's come up with a time, timely turnover 
you know, they may not be able to stop uh, many teams. They may have a hard time uh, keeping guys off the scoreboard, but they find a way usually late in games to have some sort of turnover. And I think Aaron Rodgers will give it to him and, and the Vikings are going to skate out of there, um, get some moons from the local fans um, and on the bus ride on the way in and the way out and, and come home and celebrate. Your pick is a little too safe for my taste. Uh, does it hit one? Does the seventy-yard field goal hit one upright, two uprights, or two uprights and a crossbar before yeah. it goes through? Why not a triple doink? We've seen the okay, double doink. doink. Let's go triple doink to win it. Why not triple doink? 